This is Limit Up, the place where we explore markets, strategies, and trading psychology to take your trading to the next level. Hey traders, this is Eddie Horn from Top Step Trader, and this is Limit Up. This is where we talk with traders, market participants, trading psychologists to help you improve your trading. We have a new episode every week, so make sure you subscribe via iTunes or Google Play. Now today I'm joined with Dan Hodgman, one of our performance coaches at Top Step Trader. Hello, Danny. Hello, Eddie. How are you, buddy? Good. How are you? Pretty good. Now, Dan, I'm, I'm really excited about the conversation today. Today is just a little, a wee bit, a wee bit different than uh, what we typically have here and uh, typically what we do here on Limit Up. Uh, we're going to be talking with Dr. Hector Davila. Now, he's, he's been a pharmacist, a nutritionist. Uh, he owns a CrossFit gym here in Illinois. And uh, we'll be talking about... Um, Trader stress. We're going to be talking about uh, uh, trader energy, things that we all need as traders each and every day. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's an exciting conversation to talk about. Uh, we've seen fitness change up everything that we do in sports and the high-performing athletes. athletes right. Uh, we're seeing it there. Trading's no different. We've got to come at this with uh, a healthy mindset, a healthy thought, and we got to treat our bodies healthy. Right. And you got to be a manager, and you got to manage your mental capital as much as your actual ching capital, and uh, keep an eye on that. Yeah, definitely. I know Ira Harris made a really great quote uh, when he was doing his interview with you. Ah, Ira. Yeah, it was it was a, that was an awesome uh, podcast. That was. Had a good great. time with Ira. He's he's an awesome guy. He uh, he made a really cool point about his competition. Yeah, it's Goldman Sachs, it's other banks, it's firms spending millions on this talent. He has to compete against that. Uh, those individuals are trying out there to take your lunch, and uh, you have to have the mental and the physical shape to not allow that. All right, take your lunch, take your shoes, and take your <laughs> wife. Um, you're absolutely right, Danny. Uh, you stick around, and uh, w would you stick around? I'd be honored. All right, stick around, and uh, join me after this interview, and we'll uh, we'll break it down a bit. For sure. All right, cool. Uh, well, here's my conversation with nutritionist and fitness guru, Dr. Hector Davila. We've got Dr. Hector Davila, uh, pharmacist, primal health coach, and owner of Absolution CrossFit and Strength Academy in LaGrange, Illinois. Uh, he earned his doctrine in pharmacy from the University of Illinois at Chicago College of Pharmacy in 2005, earned a CrossFit Level 1 certificate in 2014, and a Primal Health Coach certification in 2017. I'd like to welcome here Dr. Hector Davila. Hi, doctor. Hi. Thank you for having me. Very nice to have you here. And uh, one of the things here as far as uh, our traders go is uh, stress and energy. Now, uh, being in the electronic trading world here, um, a lot of our traders need uh, to vary themselves uh, and distance themselves from stress. Also, sitting behind a computer for a long period of time, uh, you lose energy. And I'm hoping that you can help us with that here today. Sure. Now, uh, Dr. D, can you give us a little more on your bio, on uh, how you got into the industry and where you are now? Sure. So, as you stated previously, uh, I did graduate from the University of Illinois at Chicago College of Pharmacy 2005. Um, so, I was a practicing pharmacist since that year. So, 2005, I earned my license as a pharmacist and practiced for 12 years. So, until 2017, June, I was working in community pharmacy. I worked for a, for a retail pharmacy chain. So... Uh, I also worked for that chain in the time that I was in school, so I actually had about 15 good years in pharmacy. So in that time, I got to see a lot of stuff. And going into pharmacy, so applying to pharmacy school, I, I pretty much didn't have any idea what was going on in pharmacy. So I was looking for my options. So one of my buddies, his father's actually a pharmacist, and uh, so he ended up applying to chiropractic school. I applied for pharmacy school. Did very well on my entry exam, um, and so I went in pretty much not knowing what pharmacy was. But 17 years in there, like I said, I get to see a lot of stuff. So I dealt with people in the community setting, people that were 
uh, overweight, people that had high blood pressure, people that had high cholesterol, people that had diabetes. Um, yes, I also worked with people that um, had affective disorders like uh, like depression or um, you could talk about mental health issues like schizophrenia also, um, neuroleptic issues, so, so like epilepsy, stuff like that. So a big mixed bag of experiences, but the the majority of the population that I dealt with, especially in the lower income communities that, that I worked in, it was, it was all diabetes, uh, obesity, hypertension, the high cholesterol, and these are all issues that I came to learn over time. These are things that you can fix with lifestyle. And it's, it's amazing the extent that you can have, the, the extent of the effect that you can have on your health with what you are doing in your lifestyle, specifically um, with diet and nutrition. Now, you were talking, okay, pharmacist, usually I go to the pharmacist uh, if I've got uh, stress, a headache, uh, or a prescription from the doctor, and uh, this will make me better, all right? And uh, usually, I mean, most of the time, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes, uh, you know, the medicine does not work for you. Sometimes uh, you need to depend on the medicine. And, uh, you know, when I talked to you outside of this, that was something that, uh, you were sort of turned off about being asked about medications yeah being you know uh, being the one that the pharmacist giving medications and, and so forth uh, to people okay yeah Let, let's talk about that so um, so as I mentioned I did leave pharmacy last year in 2017 uh, and I think it, it's pretty much like I was put in a situation where it was like the final straw. There was a, a building amount of just me not wanting to be in that environment anymore and the reason was because uh, I had opened my CrossFit gym in 2013, 2014, 2014 officially for business, and I was I was changing people's lives there. All right, so you know, no, how are you changing people? Changing lives? people's lives by implementing the healthy lifestyle practices that I'm talking about. All right, so getting people off of garbage food—that's probably the biggest one, and and it's an education too because uh, you you basically have to be a food scientist to know what you are supposed to be eating and what you're not supposed to be eating, because almost invariably, if you ask somebody what a healthy diet looks like, th it's gonna it's gonna differ. Probably 85% from, from what I would tell you a healthy diet would be. So seeing that, so let me just paint a, a picture for you of the last setting that I worked in. So I worked at uh, in a retail pharmacy, like I said, community pharmacy, and it's in a strip mall. This strip mall, uh, two doors down from me, was a dialysis center. So I'm dealing with, I'm, I'm filling prescriptions for people whose kidneys have failed them. Uh, and in between us is a pizzeria. Across the parking lot from me is a bakery. On the far end of the parking lot is a, it borders a park. Between the park and uh, where I was working is another bakery. In that parking lot, you always had a lot of street vendors. This is a, a, a Hispanic neighborhood, a Mexican neighborhood primarily. You're making me hungry. You know? <laughs> uh, and so like in the parking lot, you have people selling like cotton candy, uh, paletas, which are like popsicles. Um, they're selling like fried wheat products, uh, churros, uh, you know, whatever you think of when you go into a Mexican neighborhood that's being so sold off of a cart. And a candy, so almost none of that, actually all of that, is bad for you. I mean, the best thing you could probably find is maybe the corn on a stick if you wipe all the crap off of it. And even corn has problems. Um, so on the other border of this parking lot was uh, a taco place, El Milagro. Awesome, awesome tasting food. But the problem with all of these things is, no matter how you how you dice it with any of of the food that you're eating from there, if you go to the bakery, if you get a popsicle, if you're eating these uh, fried wheat puffs, if you go to the the taco place and you're eating stuff with tortillas, rice, and beans, there's just way too much carbohydrate. Or the pizzeria. Let me not forget the pizzeria. Too many carbs for our bodies to really deal with. So the way that our bodies respond to this is uh, that they're going to go into storage mode. So you think about, people talk about blood sugar. So when you have too much carbohydrate, your blood sugar goes up too fast, your body goes into storage mode, releasing insulin. Let me ask you something. Um, carbs. What kind of foods contain the most carbs? Give us a little info on that. Okay. So the, probably the, the most famous one is sugar. Uh, so everybody can agree carbs includes sugar. 
the the sources of carbs that most people aren't aware of are really processed foods. Uh, processed foods can be bread, pasta, uh, almost any grain product that you can think of. Cereal. Um, so if you think about um, grains, you never really walk into a field, pick a grain off of the stock, and eat that, right? It right, has to right. be processed. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that your body just can't handle with the grains. So because of the processing, basically what you're doing is you're breaking it down into its simplest forms, the carbohydrates. And yes, you, you might have other nutrients that come along with it, but because of anti-nutrients that come along with those products, if we're talking about grains specifically, um, a lot of times you actually end up with a net loss. So people, let's talk about uh, like wheat. Wheat is something that is on the food pyramid. People are like, yeah, you need to have all these whole grain servings, um, but you never eat the whole grains in their natural form, like I said. So the breakdown causes them to be absorbed practically like sugar in the body. If you look, if you want to see what that looks like, you can look at the glycemic index, which is basically a comparison of how fast a food will raise your blood sugar in comparison to straight up glucose. That's what the glycemic, did I say that right? Glycemic, yep. So the glycemic index. So you can find that information online. Just look up glycemic index. And basically, like I said, it's going to rank foods. Glucose will be 100. Right. And then it'll be from 0 to 100. How does it compare? And if you look at grain products, if we're talking about pasta, cereal, bread, I don't care if it's white bread or if it's whole wheat bread, whole grain bread, the glycemic load is very similar to having straight up sugar. Okay. All right, just to get an idea what, what carbs are now that uh, I know. Mm-hmm. But let's also say carbs also include fruits and vegetables. Okay. Um, so I'm not saying that all carbs are bad, but the form in which we take in carbohydrates really has to be looked at. All right. Now, if I eliminate uh, carbs from my diet or at least try to uh, at least knock some off or just have minimal carbs, what's a good play and what's what's something that uh, um, at least I can achieve? And let me ask you, uh, if I do achieve this, what is this going to do for me? Sure. Okay. Um, so I'm going to put this out on the table, but this is not practical information. So I'm saying this because I just want you to know, but I'm not recommending this. There is no daily necessary requirement for carbohydrate in our diet. Okay, Our body actually has the ability to produce the carbohydrates that it needs. But like I said, I'm not not saying that this is uh, an approach that anybody should really be taking. Um, So the macronutrients, let's talk about those. So carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. We do have essential fatty acids that we need. We do have essential amino acids, which make up proteins that we need in our diet. So those things are, are things that we cannot get uh, from our body making them on their own. The carbohydrates, like I said, yes, we can manufacture those if we need to. You can have very low-level load of carbohydrate and be perfectly fine. And depending on what your energy expenditure is, you probably want to err towards a lower carbohydrate diet. So not a no-carbohydrate diet, but very low. And in the form of mostly vegetables, leafy greens are probably the best because those are going to be the most micronutrient-dense. So I talked about the macronutrients, which is the proteins, the fats, and the carbohydrates. The micronutrients are all the other things that you need. Think about your vitamins, your minerals, your electrolytes, your cofactors, all those little things. You know, If you look at the side of your, your vitamin bottle, um, you, you can think of all of those as your micronutrients. You, know, you mentioned vitamins. Now, I mean, growing up, I had the Flintstones chewables. Uh, now they've got these gummy candy vitamins. Um, and now I'm being told I need to do Geritol. <laughs> do the one a day. Um, what's your take on vitamins? And if, if you've got a recommendation how to take vitamins, let us know about that. Okay. So vitamins, I, I put them into the category of supplements. Okay, so if you think about supplements, a lot of people think of uh, kind of bodybuilding supplements. Those are the first thing that comes to mind. So you think about like uh, whey protein, think about creatine. You do think about vitamins. Um, Some people might even think about specific minerals. So you might be looking at like zinc or magnesium, stuff like that. Uh, So like I said, these are supplements. And I am a huge proponent of let's get your micronutrients and your macronutrients from a balanced diet. And you can pretty much do this with very few exceptions. Um, And it also depends on what kind of diet you want to practice. If you're an omnivore, if you have meat in your diet, if you have vegetables in your diet, you can 
you can pretty much go without supplementation. Save one thing, in, and this is across the board. If you live in a place where you cannot get adequate sunlight, you must supplement vitamin D. You cannot get enough of that from your diet. So like here in the broadcast booth, there's no windows. I've just got, uh, it's dark like a dungeon. I'm I'm doomed. (laughs) Yes, you will not be able to produce enough vitamin D because you're not getting the sun exposure. So in the summer months, we're in the Midwest, in the summer months, yes, we can do without it assuming that you get your sun exposure. So yes, if you are somebody who makes it into the office before sunrise and leaves after sunset and you're only getting artificial light, because, and when I say artificial light, I'm not including sun lamps, uh, you are not going to be able to produce your own adequate amounts of vitamin D. That is one thing that you should be supplementing. Let me ask you something. I, I've been, let me ask you another thing. Mm-hmm. If, I, if I am lacking vitamin D, uh, what are some uh, telltale signs that I need to up my vitamin D or uh, any vitamin? Sure. Uh, well, every every vitamin deficiency is going to come with different symptomatology. All right, so it's going to manifest itself in different ways. Vitamin D, unfortunately, doesn't have uh, a real obvious uh, deficiency symptom until it's like really, really far gone. All right, so the majority of the population, let me let me throw this number out there. It's estimated that greater than 75% of the world is deficient in vitamin D. Um, and if we're talking about like RDA, the recommended daily allowance, it's way low for what we need for optimal levels of vitamin D. So that's pretty much like if you're looking at the RDA, this is what you need to not be sick, like feeling symptom symptomatically sick. But uh, so... I'm huge on vitamin D. It's actually the only vitamin that I carry at, at my establishment because I believe so so much in it. Uh, and it's very important for a few reasons. The, the biggest ones, your immune system is highly dependent on vitamin D. You think of it like immunoglobulin D. Right. It needs that in order to form it. Uh, and it's also huge for affective disorders. Affective disorders are mood disorders. So you think about like people that have seasonal adjustment disorder. And I was never diagnosed with this, but I'm pretty sure that I had that. There were a lot of winters where I was like on a, on a weight yo-yo. You have no energy. You don't want to do anything. And I'm a pretty, I've historically speaking, been a pretty active individual. You know, I'd go to the gym regularly, but there have been years where I just took months off from that. And it's just like, you know what? I just don't feel like doing anything. I'm going to sit here and play video games because... When I'm not at work, I just want to chill. Yeah, you know, you, you mentioned that, and I see a, a similarity to sitting behind a computer trading and uh, just focusing and keeping my world inside the Internet, uh, not venturing outside. You mentioned, uh, you know, just trying to get some sunlight. I mean, the thing is, uh, you know, if, if, if you met a vampire and said, you know, you need some vitamin D, would that affect a vampire? Just joking on that. <laughs> but... Um, you know, the thing is also here is a lot of us will spend the majority of the day uh, inside, inside and not getting that vitamin. Now, you talk about supplements. It's not necessarily going to get us through uh, on a clear, healthy diet. Uh, it, it's a supplement. It's, it's not uh, a, a true vitamin. That's something that I think we need to sort of focus on. Now, vitamin D, how can we get vitamin D? I know it it, it says they put it in milk. Yeah, that's actually a a great question. So the best way for you to supplement vitamin D is to actually just get a straight-up vitamin D supplement. Uh, There are are two different types of vitamin D also, so let me differentiate that. If you go to the doctor and they test your vitamin D levels low, usually they're going to jump to vitamin D2. All right, so that's – it's – it's not a prescription item, but it is highly it is a highly prescribed item. Um, so you can actually go to the pharmacy, get prescriptions filled for stuff that is not a prescription item. So, for example, like if they write you a low-level dose of ibuprofen or acetaminophen, these are over-the-counter drugs. They do have prescription strengths for those two, but you can still get prescriptions filled for the over-the-counter versions of them uh, as far as the strength um, just because your doctor writes a prescription. So vitamin D is very similar in that. But bioavailability-wise, what your body is able to actually absorb and use so it's useful to you, vitamin D3 is actually what you're going to be looking for. Vitamin D3, if you uh, are looking on the shelf at your vitamin D supplements, is usually going to be the one that is on the shelf. Uh, Usually it's a little bit harder to find the vitamin D2, so you're pretty safe if you grab something off of the shelf. And let's talk about just dosing. Okay. For 
for the average adult, 4,000 international units, because if you look at the units on, on your vitamin D bottle, it's got to be 4,000. Um, there are, I've seen as low as, I think, 200 international units in a capsule, which, you know, like I said, that's 20 times less what you need, or it's 1 20th what you need. All right, so even if you're supplementing vitamin D, you need to make sure that you're getting the proper amount. Between 4,000 and 10,000 international units daily is the recommendation from the Vitamin D Council. And if you're somebody who has exposure to, uh, like, children who are basically germ carriers, or if you're a healthcare <laughs> professional. Get rid of the kids, and I should be fine here. Okay, yep. thanks. That's exactly right. right. Go to grandma's. <laughs> Grandma will take care of you. So, uh, or if you're a healthcare provider. Um, or if you just deal with the public, so let's say you work retail, uh, or you're you work at a movie theater where you see like all kinds of people, uh, where there are high traffic areas, right? Um, you want to probably be on the higher end of that, just because of the amount of exposure, the, the challenges to your immune system. So yeah, between four thousand, ten thousand international units daily for children, uh, generally recommended four hundred international units daily. And uh, so let's go back to the milk because you were talking about that. Yeah, things that, that I can take naturally mm -hmm. uh, without the supplements. So, so if you remember, I said you cannot get enough from a food source. All right? okay. And the reason is because you look at the levels of vitamin D that are in, let's talk about a glass of milk. Um, and I'm not recommending that people even drink milk, by the way. Uh, but you look at products, cereal, milk, whatever you can think of that's vitamin D fortified, that had to be taken out before it was put back in. All right. And fortification really came about like during the world wars where there were uh, in deficiencies in nutrition such as vitamin D would be one of them. But, you know, if you think about like iron, niacin, there were various different deficiencies that manifested during those time frames just because of poor nutrition in general, low food availability. Now we have too much food available. And when I say food, I use that term loosely because we have too much stuff that is edible available to us. Mm -hmm. uh, poor nutritional quality. But... Um, going back to the milk. So milk will not have enough vitamin D to get you where you need to be for a therapeutic level of vitamin D, for a healthy level of vitamin D. So it has to be from either uh, the sunlight uh, and usually about 20 to 30 minutes exposure daily is going to be something that you need. It does depend on your where you are in the hemisphere. So latitudinally where you are, uh, the further away from the equator, the more it's going to take. And it's also going to depend on uh, your skin color because your pigmentation is going to affect your ability to absorb uh, sunlight and, and you may burn faster. Okay. Uh, some other vitamins. Now, I know everybody says, you know, when you're catching a cold, vitamin C, or when you're feeling down, vitamin C. Um, what's your call on that? Okay. Vitamin C is actually something that uh, is essential to your immune function also, but vitamin D is actually needed for that to work. Uh, not only that, but um, if you're taking it in a supplement form, a lot of times you are not going to get usable vitamin C. So yeah, you're getting a form of vitamin C, but there are a few different things that can happen. It could be in a non-chelated form, which basically means that your body can absorb it, but it can't use it. So it's going to be circulating, but it can't actually do the job that it's supposed to. So think about like if you were given a part to a vehicle, just uh, for, for an easy sort of a parallel. So you're given a part to a vehicle, let's let's even call it a wheel, but the wheel's bent. Okay. That's useless to you. Or useless. at least it's not yeah. the the optimal situation. Right. All right. So if you get a bent wheel, it's it's not going to be the best. Okay. So that that's like if you get a bad form of vitamin C. Where can you get a good form of vitamin C that your body can actually use? A lot of vegetables. Um, you think of like uh, citrus also, so citrus fruits. Um, I'm a fan of just squeezing limes into water and just having that as a drink um, because there's a lot of electrolytes that you get out of that. You get vitamin C out of it. There's a lot of micronutrient density no, You there. said lime? Lime. Like no gin or vodka in there? <laughs> no? I'm not saying that you can't supplement that supplement also. That. <laughs> but you said limes. Now, a lot of people, um, I mean, I would think... Like a lemon? Uh, I've heard of lemon water. You um, can do lemon also. What's What's the take on lime? Is this a new fashionable, or is this something that you that you believe or have studied that has more of the vitamin than uh, than a lemon? There, there's not a huge difference. It's just that I'm more of a fan of le limes and lemons. Okay, all right. Uh, so, just so this checking. is this is personal. Um, but like I said, citrus in general. So you think about like uh, a lot of vitamin C supplements, like orange right. flavored. Um, to give you sort of that, oh, it came from a natural source sort of thing. But you look at it, it might be all artificial flavors. Um, but what I'm getting at is, like I said, 
I like whole food sources of nutrients, whether that be your macro or micronutrients, and because of the ability of your body to actually use what you're putting in it. Because if you're putting the wrong form in it, just like I said, you put that bent wheel on a car, it's not going to be your optimal situation. Right. Okay. All right. Yeah, you know, doctor, let, let's move on to, uh, now we, we talked about uh, just some of the things that we need as traders uh, or if we're just sitting behind our desk all day in the office doing a nine to five and uh, just uh, no natural sunlight, um, let's talk about uh, traders and gaining energy. Now, I mentioned this to a lot of our traders. We always talk about, um, you know, some believe in, in coffee, uh, some believe in tea. Um, some of us will have uh, a couple cans of Coke, uh, Pepsi, uh, to get that caffeine buzz. Um, some of us like the sugar buzz, uh, and natural-wise, you know, they say have an apple. An apple will give you energy. Uh, now, I mean, to, to each his own. Mm-hmm. There's to each his own. But from just sitting behind uh, a computer for the majority of the day, trying to alleviate stress, trying to fight the markets, trying to keep the focus, uh, trying to keep yourself disciplined, um, trying to instill patience. I mean, there's a lot going on here when you're trading. I'm going to be coming to my, uh, my, my end here, and the tank's going to be empty soon. What if something, if somebody came to you and, and, and said, Dr. D, you know, uh, halfway through my trading day, I am just ready to just hit the couch and sleep. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, I know sleep is very healthy, mm-hmm. and we talk about uh, taking a time out while you're trading. Take a quick nap. Close sure. your eyes for a while. Um, you know, I mean, that's that's part of the process if you are looking for longevity, if you're looking for a full day of trading. I know when I was on the trading floor, uh, we didn't have a chance to sleep. It was more or less, you know, go get a Red Bull or go get a, uh, a Jolt Cola. You know, I mean, there was a lot of other things on the trading floor uh, to give you energy. Wink, wink. But, um, you know. Now or supplements. It, or supplements. There you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go, supplements. Um, but, you know, for us, for now, uh, trading electronics, sitting behind that desk, what would you recommend okay. somebody? What would you direct somebody to? All right. So you threw a lot at me there. So uh, I have a lot to say here. All right. Like you mentioned earlier, I am a primal health coach in addition to being a pharmacist. So the primal health coach model is basically saying, you know, we have we – have, evolved very little over the past multiple tens of thousands of years okay but the world around us has changed very quickly especially within the past few decades okay so we're we're a prehistoric animal living in the future really is is the truth of it we 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 do not evolve fast enough to deal with the changes in our our environment okay so 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 the model that we're trying to apply is like can we get back to as natural a state as humans as we can allow and still live in the modern world? Okay, so that's kind of the direction that we come from as, as primal health coaches. We, we try to mimic what our lives were before, you know, the rat race. Let's call it that. Okay. okay. All right, so that's just a little bit perspective of where I'm coming for with my approaches. So first thing that we were talking about um, was the caffeine. There's no problem with having some caffeine. Where you're getting the caffeine from can make a huge difference, though. All right, so we were talking about coffee. We were talking about tea. We were talking about energy drinks. Then you talked about just a a straight-up sugar buzz. Um, So let me tell you, we were talking about carbohydrates earlier. I am not a fan of of sugar rushes. I am not a fan of huge carbohydrate loads. So I would say if you're selecting your caffeine source, stay away from any cola that you can think of. Uh, and that includes um, even diet sodas, all right? And and uh, I'll talk about why also. But um, so stay away from the the soda. Energy drinks are going to be in the same category because a lot of them are loaded up with sugar. You just look at like a can of Red Bull. Um, and I'll talk about like the artificially sweetened ones also. But, you know, think about like Jolt, um, Mountain Dew, uh, any one that you have. The amount of sugar that's in there is crazy. I don't even remember what it is, but it's crazy. It's 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 more than you should be getting in probably two days worth of sugar. And when I say should be getting, I mean to not put yourself in 
I'm going to head, be heading myself towards disease, right. specifically like type 2 diabetes, stuff like that, metabolic syndrome, um, which is obesity and hypertension and hypercholesterolemia, which is the high cholesterol. So, so avoiding excessive sugar is going to be a huge thing. Uh, that is going to include you go to get coffee. You put anything in your coffee besides like heavy cream or like people do coconut oil now. Some people do butter with a bulletproof coffee. Those are fine. Those are fats. But if you're loading up with uh, the the carbohydrates in addition, so think about like pretty much any flavoring that you can go in there and put. Uh, most people don't go into a Starbucks and come out with a black coffee. So I'd say really evaluate what you are putting into your coffee and take that into account when you're taking it down. Black coffee, tea, or uh, coffee with... Uh, with those with the healthy fats that I just mentioned, heavy whipping cream is good, especially if it's grass-fed source, because the omega-3 ratio is high, which means that it's going to be anti-inflammatory, and all of us can use anti-inflammation in the world that we live in. Now, what real quick? Let me break that down. Sure. Uh, anti-inflammatory. What's it going to benefit me? What happens? Okay. So, pretty much everyone that you can think of is having some sort of inflammation going on. All right, and a lot of it has to do with carbohydrate load. It could also be with physical stress that they're putting on their body, which includes sleep deprivation or maybe just physical exertion. You know, you're just going bell to bell, and you're just not able to to just get a break where you just sit down for a moment. Um, and I'm not saying that sitting is necessarily healthy, but if you're moving around all day, you might have to, you know, just take a moment and chill out for a bit, reset, pretty much. Mm. Um, but if okay. I'm talking about inflammation, you, it doesn't even have to be like. You know, a lot of people think of inflammation as like, uh, let's say you got a knot. So, like, think of like MMA and somebody gets like a knot on their head or a mouse as they call it. All right, MMA is... Mixed martial arts. Okay. Okay. So, if you think about mixed martial arts, boxing, or even just professional sports in general, somebody gets dinged. There's contact in sports, right? Right. So, somebody gets a, a bruise, uh, a welt. You know, that's inflammation. That's probably the simplest form of inflammation that most people think of. But you can have circulatory inflammation going on. Think about like atherosclerosis, which is the hardening of the arteries. That is the manifestation of time where you've been inflamed. Okay, So inflammation is a natural process, but the problem that we have is that we have too much inflammation going on for too long in our bodies in our modern day world. So um, I'm talking about what you can see from the outside. And I'll give you a specific example of uh, before I cleaned up my diet, I had rheumatoid arthritis going on. And that was in my 20s, my early 20s. So rheumatoid arthritis is a form of inflammation that people uh, tend to see and and can recognize. Rheumatoid arthritis is when you get like uh, knobby joints, there's inflammation, you get uh, people think of like bendy fingers or even like the, the feet also, and they and they harden up, they get inflexible. So that's that's one form of inflammation. So those are things that you can see on the outside. But if you think about internal inflammation, usually it has to do with our circulatory system. It can also do with our lungs. You think about asthma, that's an inflammatory process. That's the lungs getting inflamed and reacting that way. So you get hyperactive hyperreactive airway disorders. Um, so those are just a few examples of inflammation. Or you can even just feel general pain. So like think about like if you may not see inflammation, but you're like, you know what, uh, my hand is, is stiff today. That's also a form of inflammation. Okay. All right. Thanks. Sure. All right. So, uh, so I was talking about the, the coffee and the tea. Right. So those are actually pretty good sources of, of caffeine. I actually did a podcast with my brother on this this past week. Um, so I have a lot to say about this caffeine stuff. Uh, black coffee, or um, if we're talking about various types of teas, not sweet teas, but any any uh, sort of green tea, black tea, white tea that has not been uh, sweetened, it can be spiced up, like spiced tea is fine, but uh, calorically loaded teas are going to be stuff that you want to stay away from, again, because they're going to promote inflammation, they're going to promote insulin secretion, which is going to put you into fat storage mode, but you get a plain green tea, a plain black tea, uh, or uh, white tea. Even You can squeeze lemon into that. I know some people like that too. Um, there's no problem with that. Um, or if you have black coffee or the coffee loaded with, like I said, the heavy whipping cream, MCT oil, coconut oil. MCT oil is medium chain triglyceride oil, which is a healthy fat that is actually usually derived from coconut oil. So co coconut oil includes that healthy fat, which actually is a good source of energy also that is not sugar. Uh, that your body can readily use. It's also good brain food. So previously it was thought that uh, glucose was the fuel for the brain, 
but it has recently been found that the the brain can also use medium chain triglycerides and I think short chain triglycerides if I'm not mistaken definitely medium chain triglycerides which you find in the coconut oil and MCT right. oil MCT oil has been getting uh, a lot of press lately because of those brain boost benefit they call it brain fuel the, the way it's marketed I think by Onnit um, so Onnit is a brand that sells it but I'm a fan of just again the whole foods so I usually go for the coconut oil itself and that's what I'll add to my coffee um, so these are good sources of caffeine. We're talking about coffee or tea in their most natural state. Right. Uh, you can overdo it with caffeine. So let's talk about that real quick. Um, basically, if you're doing more than maybe four servings of either tea or coffee, you may be overdoing it with the caffeine. I think uh, 400 to 600 milligrams is like the upper limit. And if you look at like a cup of coffee, it's usually between... Uh, 160 to 200, somewhere around there, okay. and that's a measured cup of coffee. Um, and it's it's going to be similar. It's actually less if you look at like espresso or latte, something like that. Uh, so coffee is actually going to be the the stronger load, mostly by volume. Um, but but as long as you're not overdoing it with the caffeine, caffeine is fine. But it's very easy to overdo it. So I, so like I said, watch it. Um, there is also caffeine dependency, which is different than addiction. I so, need my coffee. I need my coffee. Yes. So, and and I want to say that it is different than addiction. So people aren't jonesing for coffee, but they do yeah. go through withdrawal of coffee. Yeah. Okay. So basically the difference is that your body has accommodated its normal metabolism to take in this caffeine load that you've been giving it. So what's recommended is either keeping it to, to the safe levels. So keep it below, you know, 400 to 600 milligrams on a daily basis. But it's also recommended that you cycle off of it like every two weeks. So maybe just take a day or two where you just don't do coffee. So pick a weekend. Stay away from me, okay? Yeah. I'm yeah. going to bite your head off. Exactly. <laughs> so that actually allows your body to reset and be like, okay, now I'm resensitized to the caffeine. Uh, I'm not I'm not going uh -huh. to be likely to go through those withdrawal symptoms. And people get headaches. Sure. If, you know, they go through the shakiness. Um, so that's not a positive experience. So, so that's one thing that you want to be aware of when you're supplementing or taking caffeine. Um, but like I said, perfectly fine. All right. You know, I wanted to ask you, um, okay, now we've got, we've got the, uh, the liquid drink, um, sitting behind my, my monitors and so forth. How about snacks? You know, I, 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 I like to munch on something throughout the day. What would be something that would be, uh, healthy, energetic, uh, and good for me? Okay. So when we're talking about energy metabolism, a lot of times, Potassium is a major electrolyte that is uh, deficient in some people. So making sure that you're getting plenty of potassium. And your food sources for potassium are going to be pretty much leafy greens. So you think about like kale, spinach, or even uh, broccoli. Broccoli is not really a leafy green, but it's a cruciferous vegetable. It has a lot of stuff going for it. It has uh, a good amount of glutamine also, which is a good antioxidant uh, amino acid. Um, so if we're talking about high-energy foods that are also healthy options... Vegetables are always a good snack. So, if you like asparagus, uh, if you like broccoli, if you like if even a salad, put a salad together. Um, so, a salad with healthy fats on it. So, we're talking about like um, avocado oil or um, olive oil. Olive oil actually tastes better than than uh, the avocado oil. So, I'm a fan of vegetables in general. If you want to spice them up, you're, if you're not a fan, mm -hmm. you can pour some olive oil over them, pour some salt over them, pour some black pepper on them, or whatever spices you like, herbs, spices, whatever, you completely change it. You can fry it in bacon grease. Um, that could be something that you can keep handy. Fry it in bacon grease, salt it up. Uh, let me let me go back. Salt. Uh, sea salt, specifically. Sea salt. I know not, that uh, the wife has got the sea salt. Not that's table all, salt. Yeah, she's all, that's all we can use exactly. is sea salt. Yeah. And so since we're talking about that, there's actually a book um, that just came out by a fellow pharmacist. Um, his His name escapes me. But it's called The Salt Fix. Just came out. I just read it also. I've listened to a bunch of podcasts with him on it. Uh -huh. uh, I believe his last name is DiNicolantonio. Um, so that explains a lot about how salt has been demonized over time and why people think that um, it's so bad for you. But the the reality is, yep, there it is, DiNicolantonio. James DiNicolantonio, The Salt Fix. Okay. So there's his plug. <laughs> a lot of the problems that we thought were because of too much salt 
are actually because we're not getting enough salt. And it's because people are scared of it. Uh, and it's because the conventional wisdom is that uh, salt has caused hypertension, causes you know your kidneys to be overworked. Um, but the reality is that most people do not get enough salt in their diet. Now, real quick, let me just uh, stop you there. What's the difference between uh, Morton salt and sea salt? Good question. Okay, so the difference really simply is if you think about sea salt, it's got... 80 to 90 something different ions in it. All right. When I'm talking about ions, I'm talking about like think about like the the periodic table of elements. All right. Okay. So we're talking about sodium. We're talking about uh, chloride. We're talking about potassium, selenium, uh, pretty much everything that's up there. All right. Those are all micronutrients for us. Some of them are trace. So like selenium is a is a trace mineral, but you still need some of it. Um, so there's that with the sea salt. You compare it to like Morton sea salt or Morton's uh, table salt, like we were talking about. That is really close to a monoionic uh, form of salt. And when I say monoionic, it's we break it down. It's it's one ion. It's basically sodium, which is the heavy one, and that's why sodium has been demonized because we're we're overloading ourselves with sodium. Demonized. Yes. <laughs> so it's sodium chloride to balance right. it out. So yeah. you got a positive and a negative, and then usually there's like some iodine thrown in there because of previous deficiencies in history they started throwing iodine in there um but so we start loading ourselves with sodium and our body's like okay okay we got too much sodium we got to get rid of this so it's excreted or it's taken out of the body by the kidneys but it's not the only thing that goes so if it goes there's stuff that's wasted along with it usually potassium is the next one to follow and then there's magnesium uh calcium and and it just goes on so you start wasting all these other electrolytes along with it um, so you you throw yourself out of balance because you've overbalanced yourself on one. Right. So you think about like osmosis and uh, diffusion gradients. Um, you want to be in a happy place with all these different things. You can't just load up one and expect everything to work out fine. Okay, right. So it's basically that balance. That's the difference. So that's why it's okay to do sea salt. And actually I encourage everybody to keep that in your diet and use plenty of it because we have good feedback mechanisms that will tell you. You know, if you're like, this is too salty – it's probably too salty. And it's really hard to overdo it with salt, too. Your kidneys can do a tremendous job of getting rid of salt. I would not worry about overdoing it with salt, okay. specifically the sea salt. All right, cool. Appreciate that. No problem. I want to go back to sleep. So you had mentioned sleep. <laughs> Am I boring you? <laughs> you're, you're not boring me, but we, go, we got off on a huge tangent. But I want to talk about the importance of sleep. And if we're talking about a hierarchy of things that you can do to optimize your health, sleep is going to be the number one thing. Now, I, I do have a, a colleague and business partner. We go back and forth on what's more important, nutrition or the sleep. But my argument is that you can die from sleep dep deprivation in a matter of a couple of days. All right. And if, if I don't know if you're aware, but Guinness Book of World Records will not accept sleep deprivation records. And it's because it will kill people. Um, you know, I think there was one guy who submitted some record. Uh, he you know, broke this record, and he's like, you know what, I'm tired, uh, I have to go to sleep. He didn't wake up, all right? So that's how much you need sleep. So it's very important that you get the sleep. How much sleep do we need? It does vary from person to person, and it also varies on the season. So during the winter here in the northern hemisphere, specifically in the Midwest where we live, it's usually going to be between 9 to 11 hours for the average person. That sounds like a lot, right? right. But that's actually what a lot of people need. During the summer, it's probably closer to like uh, six to nine hours, depending on the person. Uh -huh. And there's a lot of variability here. And I'll tell you, like, my body will kind of, it doesn't really go beyond six hours. Like, if I'm really, really tired, I'll get knocked out. I'll wake up like six hours later. It doesn't matter if there's no alarm. I got nothing else to do. I'll go to sleep early. I'll wake up six hours later. Um, so, you know, I, I go between five and six. Um, but, like I said, that's really low compared to what is the recommended for most people. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of variability. Like I said, there is even um, like uh, multiphasic sleepers. So you think about like somebody that wakes up in the middle of the night and you know they're up and around for a little while. They go back to sleep for a while. Uh, and that's perfectly fine. Uh, th that's not necessarily unhealthy. Now, if you're up and you can't get back to sleep and you're stressing out about that, yeah, that's going to add to your stress levels. Um, but so the number one thing that you can do for yourself to keep your body in balance is sleep because that is a restorative process, specifically the deep sleep. And since I'm a pharmacist, let me tell you, if you are using a sleep aid to get to sleep, if we're talking about Ambien, Xanax, Valium, any of the benzodiazepines, uh, that's not the same as sleeping. You're basically knocking yourself out 
brainwave activity is completely different when you get knocked out on some sort of sleep aid versus if you actually get natural sleep. So although you may be out, the restorative processes just aren't there. Right. So so my days in Motley Crue when I was taking <laughs> pills to sleep, it wasn't helping me at all, right? No. That uh, rock star lifestyle. <laughs> nah, you got to be careful there. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, Dr. D, you know what? Uh, boy, I tell you, it, it just seems like you've got so much more to say. I do. You know what? <laughs> but uh, right now we're, we're out of time on this sure. podcast, and I uh, definitely want to invite you back. But before you go... Wanted to ask you where people can find you online and, and what's going on. Okay. Um, I do have an online presence. Uh, if you want to contact me directly, probably the best way is just to go to my uh, gym's website, absolutioncrossfit.com, no spaces. Uh, we are found in LaGrange, Illinois, so that's physically where you can find me, like, almost all of my waking hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, if you want to find me on social media, I am on Facebook as Hector C, like Cat D, like David, no spaces. I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Snapchat as El Ultimo Chicano. No spaces there either. Um, but basically, yeah, I'm not a hard person to get a hold of. Absolution. So AbsolutionCrossFit.com. Dot com. Okay. Yep. And located LaGrange, Illinois. Yes, sir. And uh, you got a phone number there? I do, um, which is also on the website, but it is 312-666-7317. All right. Dr. Hector, I appreciate you coming on here. Please come back uh, there's a lot more questions we've got to ask sure so appreciate you coming out here talking about stress talking about energy and uh, sort of giving us a little guiding light on uh, where we need to be sure uh, in this modern world my pleasure i just want to inform all right cool doctor thank you very much for being here you're very welcome all right take care thank you all right dan dan now I know that you've had some experience with high stress and high intensity situations, not in training. Now, you're a former Marine, but as they say, once a Marine, always Always a Marine. Marine. All right. (laughs) Uh, Now, uh, give us a little insight on outside of the training world, what you experience with the the high intensity. I mean, you think about basic training. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, my goodness, you know. And I ask myself, would I be able to get through that? Not would I be able to accomplish. Would it, can I get through it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, give us a little insight on that. I, you know, the one thing that I've always I've always mentioned when you talk about uh, boot camp there is getting through it. What I found that really got me through it, it was you took it chow by chow. So you made it to breakfast, you make it to lunch, <laughs> okay. you make it to dinner. I thought that was code word for something, <laughs> chow to chow. Chow by chow, uh, sleep, you know, nighttime by nighttime. You get, once you get to sleep, then you get, you just got to set these real short-term goals. And I think it really correlates to trading very well. You can't come into trading with the expectation that, you know, day one, your goal can't be to be the best trader in the world. Obviously, that may be a long-term goal, but you want to think about that short-term stuff. And how do we how do we manage it so that we don't overwhelm ourselves with the stress? And I think um, you know there's so many ways to go about that. He, uh, you know, Dr. Hector made a really great point about sleeping. Oh. Um, obviously, in Marine Corps, sleep's really important. Was really important to us. I mean, mandated. Eight hours a night. Let me let me ask you something. What yeah. time did they get you up in the morning? Zero five. Five o'clock. Five a.m. Zero five hundred. Zero five hundred. Zero five hundred. And uh, you I have the reveille, a... right? The bugles will be. Da, 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 da. Wake up. Wake uh, up. Garbage can. Bang. 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 Oh, man. Um, I was usually up about zero four. Yeah, that's what my mom used to do. She used to do the garbage can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wake my wake, wake my <laughs> ass up. Um, what else? What else? On so there? they were big on you know getting the eight hours of sleep, and I think uh, you know. Dr. Hector make a great point. Although he made a comment about nine to eleven hours, that's a lot of sleep. I I can't remember the last time I slept for eleven hours. Um, but I think it's really important note to make that in trading, we need to get our sleep. Sleep is so important. If we start, it's not like you know, when you're trading the prop firm, you you don't get much sleep. You don't really have the choice. You, when you're trading for yourself, when you're day trading, you have to be on your toes at all times. Mm-hmm. The only way to do that is mentally keep ourselves healthy. And the number one way to do that, like uh, like Dr. D said, was get your sleep. It's so imperative. Right. And, you know, uh, 
at a young age, you know, were uh, were wild and were free, and um, you know, uh, do the happy hour uh, every other day of the week. Now, now, as as we're growing uh, and and getting older, you know, the thing is, is you know, I, I'm in bed early. I, I need my sleep. But when we were young, you know, we would be out till the wee hours in the morning and get up, go to work. And, oh, I got a hangover. Oh, I, you know, but now it's like, um, um, you know, I'm not going out on a school night. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, drink. I'm not staying up late watching TV. I'm getting my ass in bed uh, for the next day, you know. It's so important. I think I'm kind of at that transition now in my life where I can't. Year, two years ago, I was able to do the, you know, go out to the happy hour, come go out all night. Now I struggle. See, but you're young, but you're getting to that point. I'm at that, that transition now where I'm realizing it, it doesn't work for me. I It doesn't work. I found I'm planning my dinner today. Grilled chicken, white rice, and asparagus because I know I'm going to feel better tomorrow. Right. If right. I eat healthy tonight. And I think at trading, we need to keep ourselves as healthy as possible. It's not like uh, trading floor days when... Every guy stayed out to the wee hours of the night. They came in and they had their supplements to uh, get them through the day. Right. Um, you know, whatever those may be, everyone had a different one. Yeah, there was even uh, days where you'd have somebody running in the pit and you're looking at him going, I could have swore he wore those clothes the last two days. <laughs> have you been home? Home? Right. What's home? You mean series downstairs? Yeah, series yes, downstairs. yes, yes, I have. Yeah, where they have, uh, where they, when you order a rum and Coke, they give you a glass of rum and a can of Coke. The Coke on the side. Coke on the side. There you go. There you go. It's the best drink in Chicago. <laughs> but, best deal uh, you can get. Yeah, but you know what? I'm telling you, that's that's probably not what Dr. Davila would be uh, pointing into the right direction. No, but... I think that's a thing of the past at this point. Right. A lot of people are focusing on nutrition, mm-hmm. uh, focusing on uh, the correct, healthy energy. And I know he mentioned something about, you know, the, uh, the Red Bulls at the five-hour energy drinks. And... You know, after I did the podcast, I, I went out and I t- took a look at a Red Bull and look at the first few ingredients. It's it's not something that you would think, hey, this is good for me. You know, you wonder what that what what the heck is it? What is it? <laughs> what is it? Formaldehyde? Wait a minute, chloroform? Hold on, a, I'm not. It's not in there. But um, yeah, we we got to start uh, with the new generation. Um, we got to start really looking at nutrition uh, for a, uh, a a downsizing of our stress and an upsizing of our energy. No doubt. So, all right. Well, Danny, thanks so much for joining me today. All right, traders, as always, thank you for spending time with us. If you could, please give us feedback on any of our interviews at LimitUp at TopStepTrader.com. Let me repeat that, LimitUp at TopStepTrader.com. And if you have time, please go on to iTunes and leave us a review. Thank you so much. Danny, thank you. Thank you, Eddie. Let me. Uh, thanks for letting me hop on here. Cool. Always a we'll pleasure. S- we'll see you again here soon. Awesome. Everybody else, take care until next time. Trade well, everyone. Bye-bye. Futures in Forex trading contain substantial risk and is not for every investor. An investor could potentially lose all or more than their initial investment. Risk capital is money that can be lost without jeopardizing one's financial security or lifestyle. Only risk capital should be used for trading, and only those with sufficient risk capital should consider trading. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results.